Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Greg Rich Ministries podcast. Really excited today. Today's a very special day. We have Miss Karen Salisbury here with us today. And Miss Karen, you were a teacher, an instructor for me while I was at Rama. And so, first of all, thank you Aww. for all the the years that you you poured into the students there at Rama. I'm sure it was an amazing time for you. But there's students that I know that are going to be listening and that are like just so excited to hear from you again. And you are doing so many things right now. You are an author. You're a speaker. You go around traveling, but you're also a host on the Oasis Network. And so just so for us to start, how can people hear more from you? Well, the best thing to do is to go to my website, karensalisbury.org or karenjensen.org. It both gets you to the same place. Yeah. And um, and sign up for things, you know, yes. uh, subscribe to my podcast. I co-host a podcast every week. And two in there, you can read the first parts of all my books. You can contact me. You can find out what it is to invite me to your church, any of those things, all on the website. Yeah, and the name of your podcast, it's Elevate the Day, Elevate right? Elevate the Day. What That's gave you right. the inspiration for that title or the purpose behind why you started the podcast? You know, yeah. I didn't start the podcast. Oh, my wow. co-host, Jennifer Cavello, started it. Okay. And so I came on board maybe two-thirds of the way in, and we just celebrated the first year anniversary of Elevate the Day, wow. but I wasn't there for the whole year. So it was kind of a cool thing. God just said, I want you to do podcasting. And I was like, what's uh, podcasting? You know, <laughs> I was like, sure, God, I'll do it. But I have no idea what you're talking about. And not long after that, Jennifer approached me. We had done some things together and she said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm having this crazy idea. You want to co-host with me? And I'm like, yes, yes. please. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and so you I think you're over 30 episodes now. So that could be. Yeah. yeah, I think so. So can people where can people find it? Is it mostly on your website or it's everywhere? On all the platforms, Apple awesome. and Spotify and all those podcasty things. You can yeah. find us anywhere. Elevate the day. So let me encourage you, go subscribe to that podcast. Go visit her website. Go see all the amazing things that are being done. But you also, when you're on the Oasis Network, I was watching some of the videos you posted. You've had some awesome, awesome guests. I know. It's so, really been cool. Yeah. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about you know what who you've interviewed and what it was like and things maybe you have learned from your experience in interviewing those recent guests. Oh gosh, it's such a <laughs> blessing, you know. In fact, I just did Kirk Cameron. Yes, I saw that. The it's actual so awesome. real actor grew up on Growing Pains, hero of the Left Behind series, yeah. Kirk Cameron, you know. And he was just as charming and friendly and articulate and wow. smart and god-loving as you would think. You know, I liked him before, and now I like now him even, it's even better. More. Yeah, that's awesome. Just you know, he lives in Hollywood, and yet just talks about Jesus all the time. You know, I just Not allowing himself to be censored. He's just being himself. Yes, being and he, so he, he uses his fame and yeah. his charisma and what God has given him to talk about God. You know, and he's fearless. Yeah. You know, I mean, he doesn't. In fact, I asked him on the show, I said, what's it like when people come against you? I'm sure in Hollywood people must persecute you. And he goes, all you have to do is read the book of martyrs and the book of Acts and you find out your (laughs) life isn't so hard. That is so true, though. (laughs) And and it's... that type of persecution comes at everybody. It doesn't does. matter if you're in Hollywood or if you're just working a normal job. There's somebody that probably doesn't agree or even like what it is that you believe in or what you're doing or what you're saying. And so for people that are experiencing those type of persecutions, what would be a word of encouragement that you might give them? Well, you know, I'll say what Kirk said. He's like, you know, compared to 
being stoned like Stephen yes. for your faith, somebody saying, I don't like you on social media is just, you know what? That's just a blip. Spend more of your time looking at God and obeying God and listening to God than you do the people, the haters. That is so true. You know? But it's almost, it's funny to me because we almost see social media comments as persecution now. And that's like nothing. <laughs> that's know. like such a small drop in the bucket. Does it hurt you? <laughs> yeah. Really? No. No. And most of the time we don't have personal relationships with people like that. And so just let it just breeze right past you yes, and go on. Yes, because really they're chickens. Yes. <laughs> they're total chickens because yeah. they're anonymous. They have no accountability yeah. for this. So why would I give them any amount of airtime in my brain? That's so true. And I think one thing that is important is just finding our security, our self-confidence, our self-worth in God. And, you know, you have your most recent book. And if we can show that here, it's called Closer Than You Ever Imagined. Yep. And let me just give you a quick compliment. This title and this cover is amazing. When I went on the website, I was like, I got to get this book. It's so awesome. And just to let people know, it says experiencing the deep relationship with God you always wanted. And so that's such a key factor in terms of being able to withstand, you know, real persecution and things that come against us. But give us a little insight of what inspired you to write this book and what people can expect by reading it. Well, you know, everywhere I go, people say to me, I want to know God like you do, Karen. And I'm, I'm like, they, they say, I want to have what you have. And I'm like, well, if you're saved, you know, you have what I have. But yeah. I understand that you don't know that. You know, or let me help you. And that's really why I wrote a book. Let me help you understand what you really have as a Christian and what Jesus really did for you. I have one of my... um my um, launch team members read it, and they said, I thought it was going to be a kind of a step one, step two, do this to get closer to God. And really, it's a book full of what God did to get closer to you. Wow. And then you know, you know, he started this whole love fest with us, you know? (laughs) And so when you understand what you have in Christ, what your identity is in him, and what he's done to make sure you can get as close to God as you want to, as deep as you want to go, you'll never plumb the depths, you know. Wow. And that's so, so that's really what it's about. And and then, too, there's a, like a practical chapter about how to spend a devotional time. You know, yeah. people say, what do you do for your devotional time? So I gave kind of a skeleton. It doesn't mean that you have to do it step yeah. by step, you know. But some people want to know, how do I spend time with God? Because that's how you get closer, Tim. Think about that's it. so true. How do you know, say, the voice of your sweetheart or the voice of your best friend? you spent time with them, right? So how do we spend time with someone that we can't see? (laughs) You know, and that's really the concept of the daily devotional. The Bible is God talking to us. And you've got to read it every day, every day. If you remember nothing else I said in this whole podcast, remember this, read your Bible every day, every day. Because every day you try to go, every time you don't read your Bible is a day you're trying to live life in your own strength and it's too hard for you. It's not going to work. It's not going to end up the way you want it to. You're going to be, you're just going to wear yourself out. Yeah, you're kind of out there in your own strength. Yeah. And we don't have to live life in our own strength. Isn't that the best news ever? (laughs) That's so good. And, you know, if you're listening to it and you're like, I'm not reading my Bible, I'm going to steal your famous saying that says, just smile. Don't raise your hand. Just smile and no one will know it's you. That is her. She said that in class so many times and everyone there is just like, (laughs) smile, like just 
gritting their teeth, trying to like show like she's not talking about me, <laughs> right? Right. So I'm that's super awesome. spiritual. I don't need this. Yes, that's that's so good, and I'm excited to dive into that book. But it's so important, I think, that even as we're desiring to get closer to God, remembering that He made the initial step. And I always like to think of it as a marriage proposal. The man, when they go to propose, they get down on one knee, and they're making themselves vulnerable. They're saying, you know, you have the opportunity to say yes or no, but I'm letting you know this is where I stand. And when Jesus went to the cross, that's ultimately what he did. He was proposing to mankind. He was saying, you have the opportunity to say yes or no to accept me or reject me, but this is where I stand about you. And that draws us into him. That makes us want to go into a deeper relationship with him. And so I think that it's so important that as I'm desiring to get closer to God, to first find out how he made a way to be close to me. Yes. And and he loves us unconditionally. You know, that concept, I mean, you've heard that before, but to love someone without condition. And I always say his love is based on his goodness, not on yours. Yep. Because we can't be good enough, thus we needed a savior. That's the whole idea, you know? That's awesome. And you have a couple more books that I want to get through here. This next one is called Why God Why? And I know that you have a really powerful testimony of something that happened to you and and with your previous husband, I think it's Brent. Right, Brent. Brent. And so share with us just a little bit. I don't know if that was the inspiration for this, but what what happened with that? Just to give some people some background. Yeah, this was my first book and it's called, you know, the subtitle is What to Do When Life Doesn't Make Sense. And what happened to me was my first husband and I were pastoring a church in Boise, Idaho, and that on New Year's Day, 1997, he was 37 years old, and he went to bed, and he just went to heaven. Hadn't been sick, you no know. Warning, no nothing. warning. No yeah. warning, nothing. Just went. I'm pretty sure he woke up there surprised, you know, yeah. but then didn't want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> and that left me to pastor our church by myself, raised my sons were 12 and 13 years old, so I raised teenage boys through their teenage years by themselves. I was actually wow. single for 17 more years. I, I'm remarried now for seven yes. years, um, which is why I live in Minneapolis yes. instead of Tulsa. But um, uh, yeah, so this is kind of that story. What happened to our family when you know suddenly you lose the dad, the husband, and how faithful God was? I like to yeah. call this book a manual for getting past the pain. Wow! Because all of us have had something terrible happen. Maybe it's not a death. Maybe it's you lost a job or you lost, you know, things that affect our identity. Yeah. And and all of a sudden you go, how did I get here? You know, and one of the points of the book is that we're surprised by where we find ourselves sometimes. Yes. You know, but God never is. Yeah. Remember how I used to say, he never, he's never sitting on the throne making the home alone face. You know what I mean? Yeah. He never thought, ooh, that caught me by surprise. Now what do we do? Yeah. Never. Not even once. And so he has a plan. That's one of the chapters. No matter what's happened to you, he still has a good plan for your life. And my sons and I can attest to that. That's so awesome. And you know, as that you were walking through that, you had never probably felt equipped to handle this situation. Oh no. How do I how do I help my kids but then also myself and the church there's you had three different arenas that you were having to deal with and so I know for a fact that there was the grace of God that helped you through Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know and I call it the worst time of my life because of what happened but yeah. I also call it the best time of my life because what I chose to do was press into God like never before. Yeah. I spent hours reading the Bible. I always say I ran my finger down the page like a five-year-old learning to read. You know, 
I had to have it because I was a desperate woman. Yes. Right? And guess what you find out when you draw near to him? He draws near to you. Yes. He is a very present help in times of trouble. And that when I found out from that was, of course, he was always there wanting that more of a relationship. Yeah. But it's always our choice. Yeah. And even during this last, you know, almost 18 months or even more during the whole pandemic, everything, people are probably asking that question. Why, God, why? They've lost jobs. They've lost yeah. maybe even family members. But yeah. their life has changed. Yeah. And I think that you getting this book is going to help you see that there are ways that God saw this coming down the pipeline. He yes. wasn't shocked by it. Nope. And he's well able to not only help you get through it, but come out on the other side stronger than you ever were before, yes. right? Yes, yeah, he knows how to take your mess and make it a message, right? Yes. How to take your test and make it a testimony. Yes. I mean, that's what he does. That's so awesome. And I know that you've done this also, Parenting with a Purpose. Yeah. And this is a 31-day devotional for parents. And you've, I think, I believe you, you kind of, when I was there, I'm not sure you taught Old Testament survey, yeah. but I also believe you did one about marriage and family or what was? No, I taught blood covenant and okay. pastoral care. That's what it was. So there was a lot of marriage yes, and family in yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. So give people a little bit of insight of, you know, if they were to go grab this, what they can expect. Well, this book uh, kind of goes along with, I've actually done a series, a DVD series, CD series, whatever you like to listen or watch, 16 half-hour lessons on parenting wow. from parenting on my own and also pastoring a church and just helping parents over the years, you know. And so it's really kind of everything you ever wanted to know about parenting. And I yes. go to churches and teach it too. And I always think, having been a pastor... I think for some of those hard subjects like parenting, it's better to have somebody else come in and do it for you. Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> when you're yeah. the pastor, they think you're picking on them, you know. Yeah. But anyway, and so that goes along with this. I call this book a parent's secret weapon. It's all the scriptures and declarations that I use raising my own kids, yeah. my own sons who are now in their 30s serving God with all their hearts, raising their own kids who are serving God, you know. The word works, yes. I'm telling you. And so, especially for single parents, you know, because I was one for half yeah. of their growing up. And I'm telling you, I wrote it all down so that I could read it when I couldn't remember a single good thing. Yeah. You know, when you're parenting and everything's hitting the fan, you know you should know some scriptures, but you can't think of anything. So yes. I wrote it down. There you go. <laughs> so you don't have to go searching for it. She's already got the game plan for you. And it's not a formula, but it is an encouragement every day that you're able to go and find something that's going to help you in that day or maybe whatever situation you're facing with your kids. And this is really one that I wanted to, was excited to talk about. It's called, I forgive you, but, but. <laughs> three steps that can heal your heart forever. And there's all these uh, situations that we go through. There's hurt from jobs, from relationships, from parents, from etc everything yeah. and so there's times that we we in our head and our mind we say oh, well i forgive them but yeah and so share with us a little bit of the inspiration behind that book well i've been preaching on forgiveness for years and years and that so every story is in here there's you'll yeah. find yourself if you read some of these stories you know and that's kind of the idea is that you're not the only one who may be yeah. struggling with forgiveness. And I don't even ask Christians, you know, are you maybe harboring unforgiveness? Because they'll all say, oh, no, 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 I no, forgave never. them. Because yeah. we know we, yeah. should, um, we should forgive, right? Yeah. But, you know, so I usually ask the question, have you been hurt? You know, if you've been alive longer than 15 minutes, my guess is your answer is yes, yeah. right? And so this kind of shows you 
first of all, how God forgave us, Yeah. of course. And that's, you know, this is how, what happened to me the very first time I learned about forgiveness was uh, a lady had come to our church. I was pastoring by myself and she looked so beaten down by life. She didn't even talk to me the first three visits, you know, but then finally the third visit, she shook my hand and I asked if she could help. She came into my office. We had some counseling sessions and I found out her background was just awful. She'd been abused by every male family member practically in her family. Now, she had brought three kids to church, all from different fathers. No relationships in her life were working because of the pain from her past. You know, it was just the saddest thing. And so I prayed, you know, we had some sessions together and I prayed for her father. What can I do for this woman? And he said, there is an answer. And I said, oh, good. What is it? I knew you'd say that. And he said, forgiveness. And I thought, nah, that can't be the answer. You know, this isn't even her fault, right? But then God said something to me that made me teach forgiveness forevermore and write a book about it. He said, forgiveness is how my relationship started with you. And I realized this is how God does do-overs. This is how he starts fresh. This is how when your world has fallen apart because somebody's hurt you or abused you or devastated you or whatever, then he says, nope, let's start over. And the way, so I always think of unforgiveness is like a ball and chain around your ankle. And you're, every time you move into your future, bam, 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 it's, you know, banging on your leg. The only way to cut the chain is to forgive. It's how you go free. Wow. It doesn't have anything to do with the person who did it to you. Sometimes we want them to say, I'm sorry. You know what? They may never say they're sorry. Who cares? Do it anyway. Get free. (laughs) That is so good. And, you know, when I hear that, I know there's so many people, and I just feel like there's people that are dealing with that a lot, but they want to know, it's okay, I know I'm supposed to forgive, but how do I do it? Yeah. How do I actually do it? What does it look like? And once I said, I forgive them, but I don't, you know, a day later, I feel like I don't forgive them again. All the old feelings come back. Yeah. if you had maybe just a couple things you could share about that, people that... Um, you know, they feel like they've forgiven someone, but they're still experiencing almost like the symptoms of not forgiving. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Well, and that's why this is three keys. First is the all the stories, yeah. you know, and the scriptures that talk about really what you have to do is soak your spirit in the word. And I would say the deeper the hurt, the more the soak, yeah. the longer the hurt. You know, some of us have very valid reasons for yeah. being hurt. I yeah. mean, I'm not... I'm not discounting the hurt at all. But what I'm saying is God wants you free. I want you free, you know. And so so the first step is to get into the word and put, you know, I put all the forgiveness scriptures in here. And at the end of each chapter, in fact, there is the scripture and then a declaration. So you can speak the word over yourself. It's how you take hold of what's been done for you. And then the second step that I have them do is is read through all those scriptures and make the declarations. And yeah. then the third step is to write it down. Date it and write it down. After you've read all this so that you're full of the word and you're full of faith, I can forgive. Oh, I can do it. Then write down the date and the person that you forgive, what they did maybe, you know, whatever. Because when those feelings come back, which they might because you yeah. might have been having them a long time, yeah. then you can sub and say, oh, no, devil, uh-uh. Look, on this day, I forgave them. Don't come back again. Yes. <laughs> and do so that every true. time. 
Yeah, and that's almost like just living in forgiveness by faith. Oh, You're it saying, is. I've, I've forgiven them, and when those feelings return in the same way that you know you were healed in this moment and you start experiencing symptoms, you go back to the moment in faith and say, no, this has already been established yes. in my life. And you stand on that. Yes. When you've done all that you can to stand, you stand. Keep and so standing. you're just continuing to say, I have forgiven them and reminding yourself. And that's part of renewing the mind. Yeah. And that's what's so important. Yeah. Especially with forgiveness, healing, any aspect of our life, our Christian life is, uh, you know, involved with renewing the mind. And, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about too is this last book here. And I don't know, you may have more. This may no, just this be is it. This, this is, is the it. Kyle right now. For now, yeah. for, for now. now. Uh-huh. But this is how to make the right decision every time. And I don't know about you or anybody listening. I want to make the right decision every time. <laughs> and I know I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. So I have the capacity to know the right decision to make every time. But give us a little bit of insight into this book and what people can expect as well. Well, and the subtitle is 10 Keys for Finding God's Direction. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, that's a pretty audacious title, but who would read a book called How to Make the Right Decision Every Once in a While? Yeah. Nobody, exactly. right? <laughs> so we all face decisions every day. And, and this really book was born out of my students at Rama. Yeah. I taught there nine years, and really around graduation time, my office was flooded with students going, it's almost graduation time, what do I do now? You know, because they want to obey God. Yeah. Most of the Christians I meet, of course, want to obey God. They yes. want to find his plan. And he's not hiding it from you. He's hiding it for you, yeah. right? I just found out they didn't know what to do to decide. They didn't know what to do to find God's direction. So that's why I wrote down these 10 keys, you know, and I have to say the number one key is the most important key. The rest are good and you should do them all, you know, but the number one key is decide to be led by God and nothing else. Wow. Now that sounds, you know, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be led by God, but you and I both know that there are other things we can be led by like money. Yes. Say you're looking for a new job and you want to get God's, you know, direction on should I take this job or should I take that job and you get a great job offer from Cleveland. Yes. You know, sorry for all of those of you in Cleveland, <laughs> you know, far away from where you are, right? Yeah. And it looks like the perfect job. It pays twice as much. They give you a car, they'll help you move, they'll all the perks, right? And many times in our own natural thinking, especially since we've been praying, Lord, I need a job, we'll say, "Man, that must be God. It's yeah. all increase. He wants me to have that. I'll take it." But really, if you're going to make every decision based on what God says and nothing else, you go to your prayer closet and you say, Father, is this the job for me? Because if it's not, see, God has a plan for your life. And if that job in Cleveland is not the plan, you're going to be miserable in Cleveland. No matter how much money they give you, no matter how pretty the car is, you know, that kind of thing. And so we have to decide Every decision based on what God tells us. Don't do anything until you know that you know that you know that it's His will. Yeah. And really, the book tells you how to do that, too. That's awesome. And, you know, something I've learned is that every opportunity that looks good that comes my way is not necessarily from God or God's plan for my life. While it may be good, there are things that steals our time and our attention that needs to be directed towards something else. And so I'm sure you've experienced that in your life as well, where there's been things that have come your way, but you just had to be able to be confident that 
that doesn't align with what God's plan for me is or his will for me, right. at least for right now. Right. Not yeah. every good idea is a God idea. Yeah. And not every good idea is for right now. Like you yeah. said, maybe 10 years from now, yeah. you know, even if it's something you always want to do and it's so wonderful, but God says, don't do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. Yeah. Because being out of his will is miserable, and his will for you is a good plan. You know Jeremiah 29, 11. Yes. I know the plans I have for you, plans for good, right? Yes. And so his plan is good. Don't seek, you know, don't seek the plan. Seek the planner. He's yeah. the one with the plan. We're always like, I got to find out the plan for my life. No, you got to ask God, what is the plan for my life? Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, there's a lot of people I feel like that are going through a season in life where they just don't feel like they know what to do next. And they're just kind of feel like even for the last few months, they've just been in limbo. God, I I want your will. I want to do what you've called me to do, but I don't know the first step. What would be your encouragement to them, where to start, and what they can expect in doing that? Well, of course, you want to spend time with God. You want to slow your life down. You know, our lives are so busy. Yes that we kind of like, we throw out that prayer, but then we, we're going a thousand miles an hour. Take extra time to pray in the spirit, to be in the word and expect. Say, Father, I know you're talking to me. I know you're leading and guiding me. Slow it down a little so that you can hear his voice. But then there's a couple of other things. One of the chapters in the book is about trying it on. You know, uh, it may say you wanted to start a podcast or something. Try it on. Go to somebody's recording of a podcast that you know, or do things and then stop and check your spirit and say, does this feel right? And if it does, keep taking more steps, you know? Yeah. And if it doesn't, stop there, you know? Try it on. Yes. And that way you'll kind of get an inkling of a direction to go in, you yeah. know? And the other, one of the other uh, chapters too is about if you don't know what to do yet, don't do anything. Because I always say, if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. You know what I mean? If it's his plan, his plan isn't going to change. Yeah. You know, Romans uh, 11.29 says, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind about your calling or his plan for you. Yeah. You know, kind of like me with my first husband dying. I thought the plan was, you know, pastor alongside this guy for the rest of your life. But that wasn't the plan as I knew it. But his plan for me didn't change. You know? And so... If you don't know what to do, just keep waiting. Now, waiting doesn't mean sitting on the couch and watching, you know, binge watching Netflix. Yes. Waiting like a waiter. Yeah. What does a waiter do? He's working. He's serving. Yes. You know, keep going to church. Keep, That's good. You know, daily devotion. Keep Put your hand to something. I always say, let God find you. When he comes to find you, let him find you busy. Yes. With his work. Absolutely. Doing his, you know, keep doing what you know to do. Yes. And And keep saying, Father, I know you're leading me. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for your good plan for my life. You're telling me what to do, and I believe you. I think even just reminding yourself that all the time, God, I know your heart for my life, and I know what to do next, and you're leading me and you're guiding me every single minute of every day. Yes. And even if you don't feel like that, even if you don't see any evidence with your eyes of that, you speaking that out is going to make you more sensitive to recognize the things that he is leading you to do. Yes. And I love what you said about try it on. Uh, you know, because I, even if somebody feels like, you know, maybe I feel called to Orlando. They don't know why. There's no opportunity there. I would even say go there. Yeah. Or first, look yeah. it up on the internet. Yeah, there you, you don't go. even yeah. have to pay for a ticket at yeah. first, you know, or, or call the Chamber of Commerce yes. or, you know, whatever. Take some steps. And if it feels okay, take another step. Brother yeah. Hagen used to say, and so that you're either you keep taking steps until you get there or you get a stop. Yes, absolutely. And then you maybe you'll recognize 
God did want me to go there, or maybe Disney sounded like a good idea, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So we know that God is leading and directing and guiding each and every one of you. And Miss Karen, I just wanted to thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and again, guys, go listen to her podcast, Elevate the Day, and then go uh, look at her website, karensoulsberry.com. Or... Org. Yeah. The org. We'll cut that out. <laughs> and then uh, also uh, get grab one of these books. It doesn't matter which one. Whatever one spoke to your heart as we were going through them, um, just go pick one up because I believe it's going to bless your life. So, Miss Karen, thank you so much for joining oh, us. Oh, thanks for having awesome. me.